0: Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association.
1: We are back. And not only do we have a time change coming up, November is National Diabetes Awareness Month. Diabetes is a growing epidemic and the numbers are staggering. One in three Canadians is living with diabetes or pre Diabetes, and those numbers include one and a half million people who are walking around with this disease but are undiagnosed. So, what should you know? What should make you suspicious that maybe you need to be checked for that? And if you have been diagnosed, what do you need to know to help manage this condition? Because we know that uh, your sugars can go in and out of control, and the main thing is to try to keep them in control. Um, Your pharmacist can help and I'm here with our trusted contributor, Dean Miller of the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Hi. Hi, Libby. And uh, he's going to take your questions and your calls, so let me give the numbers out again before we begin. 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. We're talking about diabetes, and uh, he's here, so if you have even other questions, I'm sure... Dean will be pleased to answer them. So, uh, first of all, uh, Dean, uh, I think this is—it's incredible that there are so many people who have diabetes that don't know. So, what should make you suspicious?
2: Well, you know, you, you mentioned pre-diabetes, and I, I think that's a term that most people probably don't know, and and that's probably where this starts. And and you know, for most people, it's 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 nothing more than you know, do I have all of those symptoms? And, you know, I, am I carrying a few few too many pounds? You know, am I feeling fatigued? You know, um, do I urinate more than I normally did or used to do? You know, those are all really commonplace signs, you know, dryness in the skin and things like that, that, you know, you might Dryness
1: say, oh, in the skin?
2: Yeah, dryness in the skin. And, and you know, even, even, you know, in combination, usually, because usually you get them all together. But, you know, that's, those are signs that you know perhaps something's going on, and and you know it's it's nothing more than just a random uh, blood glucose test. I mean, you can do them, do them yourself, um, uh, but if you do suspect more, I mean, it is it is it's probably the most you know the, the disease state where the pharmacist is probably the most active with a patient than anything, because there's just so many things to think about. Uh, as a diabetic, or even if you have pre diabetes as you said and and it 's it's, it's pretty complex and you sa- and you said it best libby it 's growing, and you know one out of th- every three people that that 's a staggering uh, statistic
1: um, is is it the same as what 's called metabolic syndrome, and that in, that sort of includes some hypertension, high right. blood pressure, that kind of thing
2: yeah well, there is a difference and and, and you 're right i mean metabolic syndrome is sort of the the next stage of it, and probably a more alarming stage of it, because you've, all, you've got, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at not only your, your blood glucose levels, but you're looking at your cholesterol levels, you're looking at your blood pressure, which is all in combination, you know, what really is described as metabolic syndrome. Whereas pre-diabetes, I mean, you're really just looking at, at you know, the fact that your blood glucose level is, is higher than it should be. So they're not the same, but they're very, very closely connected.
1: Okay, um, let's take a call from Laura in Hamilton. Hi, Laura. Hi there. How is everybody? Fine. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm a type 1 diabetic, have been for
3: 42 years. Um, I'm going to be 60 in March. And my signs and symptoms of not type 2, but the type 1 were uh, pretty basic. I think I lost weight in a short amount of time. I was very thirsty, of course, and starving. My cells were starving. I was hungry. And I actually went uh, semi-blind for a while while I was working in an accountant's office in Toronto. Um, now, my husband is a type 2 diabetic, and I think he is heading towards that metabolic syndrome because his blood pressure is high. He's on pills for that. His cholesterol is high. He's on pills for that. My question is, I was recently told by my family physician that... uh any type 1 diabetics that take Lantus or Humalog insulin, women, postmenopausal, excuse me, have a tendency to gain weight. Have you heard this? Because I'm putting on the pounds like crazy. Nothing in my lifestyle has changed. I'm very really active, and the weight is just piling on me like crazy.
2: Well, I've heard the same thing, and, you know, I, I don't know if I've seen anything conclusive, but certainly what you're mentioning, Laura, is, is a very... Um, Commonplace side effect with those that have either type two diabetes or type one, and type one diabetes, of course, is one that most people live with all their life. Right. Um, but you know what? Weight change and weight um, variation, even the medications themselves. You know, for some of the stuff that your husband's probably taking on, uh, for for being type two, you know, depending on what medication you take, I mean, some of them cause you to be you know, um, lose weight, some of them cause you to gain weight. Um but, you know, what you're describing um from insulin it's a rather new study, but uh I, I've I've heard I've heard exactly the same thing as you about the weight gain. So I think what your doctor's telling you is, is absolutely correct.
3: Okay. That, you know that's been a concern of mine. I I weighed about hundred and fifteen pounds when I became type one, which I was certainly not overweight and I didn't have anything showing up other than those Three or four symptoms that I gave you. Yeah. My husband is overweight; <laughs> that he can work on his own. He's, he likes his beer, and I, I'm on the carbohydrate counting system. Which, yep. um, you know, my mother never understood where I could eat what I wanted when I wanted. I, I tried to explain the carbohydrate counter, but she never did understand that. But I, yeah, the weight thing is really driving me around the bend because I've always been a tall, tall person and thin, and now I'm I'm about forty pounds over my ideal weight
4: yes yeah.
1: it can happen as you get older too well, yeah. well, I know that.
3: well i've heard that <laughs> but my whole family when i look at my genetic my genetics nobody was overweight in my family and they all lived my mom lived to be 87 my grandmother 100 wow they were all, all well well looking women
0: yeah good,
2: good genes well the one you <laughs> yeah. met the one you that mentioned happened. laura the lantis i mean that you know i mean on the grand scheme of things, it's a relatively new type of insulin. So I think a lot of this stuff is starting to come out now, you know, that we didn't see before. So.
3: Right. Well, thanks for your info. I just want to
1: get a second opinion on no, that. No, you're quite welcome. Thank okay. You very much. Good luck with that. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So uh, that's, that's difficult when suddenly, you know, packing on weight and weight- extra weight causes all kinds of extra problems.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and uh, Laura <laughs> brought up a, a bunch of different things that were quite interesting. I mean, the difference between type 1 and type 2 yep. is, is something that's pretty significant. I mean, uh, but the weight gain and the fluctuations and stuff are, you know, not only a result of the diabetes, but also a result of, the, of some of the medications and the insulin itself. So it's, it's something that you know again as as a diabetic you have to monitor that you know it's something that your pharmacist can help you about to answer some of those questions about what kind of side effects am i going to get from this and and i would strongly encourage anybody that's a diabetic i mean in this province we've talked about meds check many many times on the show uh there is one called meds check for diabetes and that's specific for diabetes patients in Ontario, where you have the opportunity to sit down with your pharmacist and do a complete sort of overview now
1: is it I, I i don't know anything about these medications, mm-hmm. but is it possible that if one kind of insulin is making you gain weight, that maybe another one won't?
2: Very, very much so. And and the one thing about di- diabetic medications, especially for those that are type 2, and that's typically people that are overweight anyways, yeah. there's a ton of different medications. And I mean, uh, there's been more advances in diabetes care <laughs> than probably anything else that I can ever remember. Um, so it's good news that way, because there's lots of different options. So, So again, like what Laura was saying, when you see a troublesome side effect like that, doesn't mean you have to accept that you can change to something different and more than likely there's going to be something different.
1: Okay, uh, let's take one more call before the break. Um, And this one is about the flu vaccine. Uh, Pat in St. Catharines. Hello, Pat. Hello. How are you? Well, pretty good, thank you.
5: Um, I've heard your ad several times a day about this new Vaccine for older people over 65, it's a high-dose influenza vaccine. Correct. But um, I've called my doctor's office. I've called several pharmacists, and only one pharmacy even knew about it, but they said it was only for people in um, long-term care homes, not for the general public.
1: Um, I... I, Deemed. Yeah,
2: well, there is. I mean, uh, so we're right in the middle of flu season, so um, you know we've we've actually had um, uh, you know a lot of talk with the government and pharmacy and stuff already this year, and we're about two weeks into flu shot season this year. The long term care population is uh, high risk. You know, they're very okay. high risk. I realize that, and and there is different types of vaccines that are available. Some are not available. Um, you know, we there's a there's you know, trivalent, quadrivalent, which are sort of different types, and, and you know, scientists always try and predict what the flu shot is going but, but to be right, this right year. Why
5: spend all this money on advertising? I, I even read about it in a magazine. Well,
1: okay, so here's, here's it's not the... it's available. Here, well, I, I think it is available. The thing is it's not uh, covered. So here's the thing is that um, o- the older you get... Um the less the flu, the regular flu vaccine is effective it loses its effectiveness I realize that but yeah I can't get and, it. and why can't we get the shot? then? you can get the shot but but you probably for the high dose, you probably have to pay for it
5: Well, I don't mind paying for it but no pharma these pharmacies don't nobody even my doctor that they don't know about it, and this one pharmacy said it was only for long-term care so uh, where can I get? how can I find out where I can get this and I'll pay for it?
2: Yeah, it's a good question because typically, you know, the flow of vaccine to us in pharmacy comes from government pharmacies. Mm-hmm. So so we get it from the provincial government who distributes it to us and there's allocations and and things. So, you know, it, it's not really an answer you, to your you, question. Okay, you know what we'll do I for you? I
5: have lymphoma, so my, my immunity yeah. system is compromised. So to me... It would, it would seem that I should get this.
1: Okay, so you know what, Pat? Um, Michelle, our producer, is going to take your contact information, and okay. we will uh, find out where it is available. But it is available, it's just not covered. Um, so we'll do that for you, okay? Okay, well, thank you very much. Okay, don't hang up. Give Michelle your contact info. Libby, okay. I think thank the you. other
2: piece of advice yeah. might be around public health or your local public health unit, and that yeah. might be a good source of, of information as well on what is available, because a lot of that's community-based, right? So one public health unit might have it, one might not.
1: So. Okay. Uh, we're going to check that out for Pat in St. Catharines. Right now we have to take a break. Uh, we'll be back on the other side of the break with more on diabetes, more on whatever you want to ask. We just took a flu question. Uh, the numbers to call before we go, 416-360-0740, toll-free 740 Here with our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. I am here with Dean Miller, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We're talking mostly about diabetes, but he will take your calls and questions on other topics. Let's go to Don in Toronto. Hi, Don. Hey, Libby.
4: How are you? Fine. How are you? Well, I've pretty good. I've had diabetes for 50 years. Wow. And I'm taking uh, both Atlantis and Humalog, and fortunately, things are going pretty well for me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, in relation to your first caller, my my weight's pretty steady, and, uh, uh, you know, I try to exercise and keep moving. So uh, I guess I'm one of the fortunate ones, and I hope that there are other people that will go to their pharmacy or their physician and ask for their advice.
1: Um yeah sounds sounds like a plan. Uh Dean, do you think that is it possible that that uh one medication can make women more susceptible to weight gain than men anything like that?
2: Well, you know, there's a there's been a lot of talk about, you know, genetic differences and stuff and you know, is there certain, you know, because there, there is certain populations that get diabetes more often than others. Um and they are uh, you know the Aboriginal population. Uh, you know uh, bl- black, Southeastern Asian. Um, all of those groups are a little bit more susceptible to uh, diabetes, and that's just uh, genetic. And that, and that's yeah, that's mostly a genetic. So, uh, but but as far as men versus women, the, there doesn't seem to be any any real correlation there. So.
1: Uh, Don, I mean, I think us yeah. men
2: are probably in worse shape than women, but so uh, sometimes type really? two, I think, uh, pops up a bit more in men, but uh, but uh, you know, which is a typical sign.
1: Okay, um, you think men are in worse shape than women? I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> yeah. have
4: thought that. I, I'd like to say just on, on that point that I try and walk every day, and um, even when I was working in an office instead of doing emails and in the uh, intercom, I go walk and see people just to keep moving.
1: Yeah, and it, it's, you know, I find that when you actually uh, go and see people, it can actually get things done a little faster than back and forth on email, which you can uh, easily ignore.
4: That's true.
2: Yeah. I agree. And Don, you bring up a great point because physical activity and even the ability to reduce your weight, even, you know, 5 or 10% from, you know, where you are makes a huge difference to, you know, to a diabetic. You know, I mean, it's good for everybody, but for a diabetic, it's even better.
4: Oh yeah, I've always believed in that theory, I, you know. And and Libby and I used to work in the TV business, and at noon I just got out and walked for an hour, or so, you know, just to get the cobwebs out. And I did it every day. So that's
1: uh, that's very good advice for everybody. It's unfortunately it's it's just one of those things. And you know, I I don't even like to talk about it because it sounds so preachy about exercise. Yeah, it's very hard for people to get up and and start. Um, the only thing I'd say about it is that you kind of have to make it a habit. You know, you have bad ones, yep. so try to establish some some good ones, and it's just like you yep. do it when when at whatever time, and it's automatic, and don't think about it.
2: Well, and you know what, Libby, it's it's great advice, especially for a diabetic, because you know what ends up happening is diabetes impacts your circulation in a big way, so. As people get more progressive diabetes and it gets worse and worse, I mean things like leg pain and cramps and and circulatory problems in their fingers and their toes and all that is a big part. And then you just don't feel like exercising, so it makes it worse to sort of reverse that trend. So it's uh, as Don said, it's it's good to start early and keep it going.
1: Okay, Don. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, the numbers, once again, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I'm here with Dean Miller from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We're talking about diabetes. We can talk about other things as well. He's here to take your calls, answer your questions. And on the subject of exercise and diabetes, uh, I just saw a study that came out a, a week or so ago, and it showed that for a diabetic... Uh, if you time your exercise, and they're talking even about a walk after a meal, it does a lot of good, more, more good than at other times of day. And if you, if you take a walk after dinner, that is the best way, the best timing of things to reduce your sugar.
2: Well, it makes sense because, you know, diabetics tend to have those spikes. Like we all have spikes after we eat a meal. But the problem with, you know, if you're a diabetic, especially if you're type 1, you don't have the insulin to sort of, you know, lower your blood glucose and keep it within a normal range. So things like exercise and ensuring that you're getting that and you're doing that on a routine basis kind of flattens out those spikes. So it's a good, it's a good rule of thumb to, uh, to follow w- uh, with respect to... Uh, uh, diabetes. I haven't seen the study, but it uh, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's quite interesting that uh, you know I think kind of in the old days a, a walk after dinner was maybe a more usual normal thing, and that these days I don't know what people do after dinner. Watch TV. I mean, everybody's busy screen time. Uh, but but I think that's uh, probably an old fashioned thing that that's worth bringing back.
2: Yeah, for for sure. I mean, the study makes a lot of sense.
1: Okay, let's go to Kim in Brampton. Hello Kim. Hello Libby. Hi. I would I would like
3: to know, uh I've got a blood glucose meter and it's giving me the message that my battery's low. And I'm wondering can I get a replacement battery at my pharmacy?
5: Or where could I get one?
2: You know what? Uh here here's a little tip for you. You can probably get a new meter if you want one because if you talk to your pharmacist, you know, most of the companies that supply uh, blood glucose meters, um, right. you know, are very generous with the with the fact that they they want your business. Uh, those right. meters change all the time. Um, right. You can you can. Definitely, the pharmacist can order you a new battery. But depending on how old your machine is, you may even want a bit of an upgrade, and and that's another thing you can talk to your pharmacist about, who can usually arrange it with one of those drug companies uh, to get you something that's probably the newest and latest on the on the market.
1: A freebie, you mean?
2: Yeah, a freebie. There's not many of them, but there's yeah. Uh, you know, quite often, you can get a freebie. So.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a great answer. <laughs> we like those kinds of answers. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, Kim. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye Bye-bye. bye. Okay, Barbara in oh, Hamilton. Hello, Barbara. Oh, hello. Just a sec. I got to turn. Oh yeah. Yeah. There we Pe- go. You people. People. <laughs> people. When you call in, the radio has to be off or down all the way. Hi, yeah, Barbara.
6: Well, you know what. I don't move very quickly, but I didn't think I'd get in that quickly. Anyway, I just uh, have a um, question. Now, my I know diabetes is in our family, from my grandparents down, have died with diabetes complications. But uh, now my nephew's been diagnosed with it. Does it also go into that side, like? How far does this
2: extend in the family Well, typically, you know if you have a family history of diabetes the the likelihood of of other people within your family, whether it's you know a younger person or an older person, an uncle an aunt uh, the incidence is usually more prevalent and and nobody really knows why um, yeah. and, and you know, if you look up in the books, they'll say there's really no genetic connection between people that have diabetes, but, you know, there must be something there because you'll see families with diabetes in the family yeah, for sure. My
6: grandmother lost her legs, and yeah. my uh, all my aunts, my mother, and my brothers and sisters are all diabetic.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, what you... I you're...
6: mean, I'm probably one of the better controlled of all of them.
2: Well, and control is the key. And, you know, I mean, that's the worst possible thing you can happen. And, you know, even today, I mean, it's a reality with the health as well, as good as it is today. I mean, there are people that, you know, un, you know, when diabetes presents itself and actually uh, does the damage it can, you know, people yeah. can lose, lose limbs.
6: That so. happens well, a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, I was lucky I had a, I have a great doctor because, um, one day he was sending me for blood work, and I recognized what it was for, and I said to him, I said, why are you testing me for blood sugar? And he says, because I didn't feel any symptoms. And he says, oh, well, everybody in your family seems to have it, so we better check this out. Sure enough, I was pre-diabetic at that time.
1: Well, so, um, how long have you uh, been diabetic for, Barbara? Uh,
6: about, uh, let's see, 22 years since oh. I've been diagnosed, yeah. But it's well controlled it's well controlled it's it's a battle because you really have to follow your diet, so
2: oh it is um, it's, it's...
6: and the exercise, and yep. of course sometimes I'm retired now, so that was better when I was working. I was on the go all the time, but yeah, I just wondered, um, yeah, I heard that statement too that, but I don't know. my doctor did seem to be aware, and he did check it out and, I'm glad he did, you know, because we got it early.
1: Yep. Good, good for you. Barbara, thanks for your call. Okay. Take care. Have a good day. You Bye. too. Bye-bye. So uh, just to uh, sum things up, because uh, we only have uh, about a minute or two left, Dean, uh, what do people have to know uh, about keeping diabetes under control?
2: Yeah. I think Libby there's a there's a few quick things. I mean, first of all is if you suspect it at all or there's a family history, you know, check it out. Check it out. Go to your pharmacy, talk to your pharmacist about, you know, what I might be looking for. Um, you know, s- things like a simple screening, like blood blood glucose tests, you know, they're 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 not that expensive and and you know, that you could screen yourself on your own, figure out that hey, it's worth a trip to the doctor to to learn more diabetes is extremely complicated you know a lot of people that get a diagnosis you know it's quite shocking for them the amount of things that they got they ha- that a diabetic has to think about on a, on a daily basis just to manage their condition is almost unmanageable and it's probably the condition where you know a pharmacist can can play the biggest role because you know it's diet it's lifestyle it's exercise it's blood glucose testing it's what kind of food i should eat and 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 of course, that's not even talking about the medications or the insulin. So there's a ton of different things that you got to think about, and it's it's hard. It's really hard. And and the pharmacist can help.
1: How often uh, in a day do you have to check your blood sugar?
2: Well, you know, I, and that depends on sort of how brittle a diabetic you are. I mean, some people check it, you know, four, six, eight times a day, uh, especially like when you're really struggling to sort of find you know, uh, the perfect level of blood like, glucose and whatnot. Um, and then after that, I mean, once you sort of get into a routine, you know, it, it becomes a lot less. But it's usually, it is daily checks, so.
1: And uh, how often should you review your insulin, your medication, all of that, or only if things are don't seem to be under well, we Well,
2: we did talk about diabetes meds check, and I think for all diabetics out there, People that know they're they're diabetic and, and are on medications or insulin, you know, go go to your pharmacist and ask them about a diabetes meds check, and you'll get a complete review uh, with with the pharmacist. But you know, it if it, if at all you suspect it, I mean, really the rule of thumb is about every three months is is you know doing a a blood glucose screen and seeing what your what your levels are.
1: Okay, Dean Miller, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Thank you so much for that.
0: Thank you.